Hey there, it's Danielle Alvari of VSIN, the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Be sure to check out my new podcast, the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. We dive into the betting angles for all the LA teams, plus USC and my personal favorite and alma mater, UCLA. So if you're from Los Angeles or a fan of any of the LA sports teams and want to become a sharper better, this is the podcast for you. So please subscribe, follow, and listen to the Los Angeles CityCast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome in to your Monday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Happy Monday, if there is such a thing. We have a new team making their appearance on the A-list this week because college basketball has made its triumphant return. Number two ranked UCLA played number four ranked Villanova on Friday. In case you missed it, guess who I was cheering for? I was actually at this game. UCLA was a four, four and a half point favorite, total sitting at 140. Over was my favorite play and it hit, so yay. Uh, but only narrowly and only thanks to overtime. I kind of figured we were going to have a close game here, two great coaches, two talented teams, and lo and behold, it goes to overtime. It was 67 each headed to overtime, so we needed it for the over to hit and the spread, really, if you were on UCLA side of things. Final score, 86-77 to 77, UCLA. So they do end up covering. I'm really glad I didn't have to sweat out a side bet here because I knew we were going to have a close game. Uh, and I'm really glad that we went to overtime because I was sitting there just hoping that this over was going to hit. I was actually at this game because I have the privilege and pleasure of being the in-game MC and host for the UCLA basketball games this season. So that's been a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, and I get to be right in the midst of the action. You guys, this game was incredible, really. If you saw pictures or videos online, or even if you were at the game, if you were at the game, then you know what I'm talking about. But the environment was crazy. UCLA did a whiteout theme, and it actually went really well, which is not always the case for UCLA games. But everybody really bought in. The students camped out. I can't remember the last time that students camped out for a basketball game. And... It should be every game. I mean, that's how it used to be back in the day. But this is the kind of team that might bring that kind of tradition back. Honestly, so much fun to watch. As I mentioned in Friday's pod as well, I said that I thought UCLA, I gave them the edge to win here just because I thought that they had the grit to get it done. And grit is kind of that intangible thing, right? It's not really something you can handicap or quantify. But if you're looking at two great teams, like I said, somebody has to have an edge somewhere. And I think that... Villanova, I mean, no skin off their back. I think they played really great as well. So this UCLA team is for real. And if you are doubting the ranking, then uh, bite your tongue. And by the way, number one, Gonzaga also beat number five, Texas, 86-74 on Saturday. Drew Timmy, by the way, career-high 37 points. I don't know if I've mentioned this before on the pod yet, but I grew up a huge Gonzaga basketball fan because that was that was my family's team my dad was a grad assistant coach at Gonzaga around the time that John Stockton was there so we also grew up watching him play but we were a Gonzaga household and and that household is still a very much a Gonzaga household so we are a household divided when UCLA plays Gonzaga which we've seen a couple like a handful of times in the last couple of years but I always tell my dad that when they are playing it's UCLA for me it's UCLA all the way and I remember when I, back when I was cheering at UCLA that 
you know, UCLA and Zaga played and I didn't have a hope or a prayer that they would be able to beat them and they didn't. Now here we are and I really think that these are the two, I was going to say top teams in the country, but maybe that's hasty to say we're a week into the season here. But you guys get what I'm saying. These are two really good teams. I mean, I think we all remember the Final Four matchup from March, just an instant classic of a game. So super fun for me as well because a lot invested on both sides of the thing. I love Gonzaga's program, uh, but I love UCLA more. So UCLA versus Gonzaga in Las Vegas on November 23rd. I'm going to have to call my Las Vegas contacts. <laughs> my people over there at VSIN and uh, beg them to find a way to get me into this game. Once again, only one LA football team covered over the weekend. To be fair, only two played, but the Chargers did not cover. They lost, but UCLA gets the cover over Colorado. USC's game at Cal was postponed last week due to COVID issues on Cal's side of things. It's tough. It's tough right now all over in California with that. It will now be played December 4th, a day after the Pac-12 conference game. And the Rams have not played yet. They play Monday night. So in today's show, first we'll recap the Chargers-Vikings game. Yuck. And UCLA-Colorado. I'm going to say yuck to that one too. It was not, not my favorite win, to be honest. I'm glad they won. I'm glad they covered. We'll get into it. Then we'll get into the Monday night football game, of course, Rams at 49ers. And finally, some NBA action. We'll take a look at the Lakers' Monday night matchup. So first things first, of course, we always check out the Los Angeles lines available at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Thank you to Bet Rivers, our sponsor for this lovely show. College football. It's the UCLA Bruins at the USC Trojans. So the two LA teams facing off this week on Saturday. UCLA is a three and a half point favorite right now in Bet Rivers, total sitting at 66 and a half. That sounds high just off the top to me. That sounds high because I don't know where USC's offense is going to come from. Now, maybe they think that UCLA is going to throw up a ton of points and it is a crosstown game, so possible. And also, maybe that's the reason it's a crosstown rivalry game. So maybe that has implications for the score. But to me, off the top, 66 and a half, I like an under bet there. And that might be something I play a little bit later on in the week. As for the NFL, Monday Night Football, as I mentioned, Rams minus three and a half at the 49ers. I believe it was four and a half on Friday, so we're seeing movement there. I know that Chris Andrews, who is the sportsbook director over at the South Point Sportsbook in Las Vegas, who we work with over at VEASAN all the time. He's such a great joy to have on all the shows. I was reading a little bit on VEASAN.com about what he was saying about this game. He said he was seeing action on both sides of the line here, and it's one of the most heavily bet games, obviously. And not just because it's Monday Night Football, but because it's the Rams, LA, has a lot of betting money to throw around, and even even SF, if you will. So total for this game, 50, moved just a little, 49.5 on Friday. Steelers at Chargers, Chargers are a 3.5 point favorite, total sitting at 48. That game is on Saturday, November 21st, so coming up over the weekend. NBA action also going on on Monday if football's not your thing, which I totally understand. Again, you heard the story. I grew up in a basketball household. Monday night, Bulls at Lakers. Lakers a one and a half point favorite, total sitting at 219. I'm weirdly excited to see it. Still no LeBron, so there's that factor. But the Bulls, how exciting have the Bulls been lately to watch? We'll get into that later on, as I mentioned. As for college basketball, new lines here to update. I think this is the first time we're doing the lines on college basketball. Monday, Long Beach State at UCLA. UCLA, a 28-point favorite. I'm not going to be at this game because obviously we have Monday Night Football action for me to be on top of here, keeping tabs on. But I'm going to have to have two screens going, as you know. 
Total for this game, 145 and a half. Just initial thoughts. I don't ever want to touch a 28-point spread. Bravo to those of you who took UCLA to cover uh, football over the weekend because that was UCLA minus 17 versus Colorado. And again, as I mentioned, that did cover. But I hate taking anything that's like grossly large as far as the spread is concerned. Not necessarily as far as like portions of bread are concerned, but grossly large spreads, it's a no for me. So UCLA minus 28, not interesting to me, but 145 and a half, I don't hate an under. I don't hate an under here. As for Tuesday, USC will play Florida Gulf Coast. You can find all these odds at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Let's get into the recap here. Vikings at Chargers. Okay, so home game for the Chargers here, and they cannot get it done as three and a half point favorites. The total for this one is 53. So... Uh, it does go under final score 27 to 20 Vikings. And like I said, the Chargers do not get the cover. Another week, another game the Chargers cannot defend against the run. We are a broken record here, right? What else can I say? And another week, another game without 100 yards rushing for the Chargers, by the way, on the other side of the ball. Austin Eckler, he led with 44 rushing yards, but still not really doing a good job there of establishing the run, if you will, uh, to open up the passing game that Justin Herbert does so well. He threw 20 of 34 for 195 yards, one touchdown, one interception, which was snagged by Eric Kendricks. Maybe you remember him, former linebacker for UCLA. Go Bruins. But back to this. Kirk Cousins, 25 of 37 for 294 yards and two touchdowns. So perfectly acceptable line there for Kirk Cousins. How about that? You know, just kind of a just kind of an okay guy, if you will. Great game for Vikings receiver Justin Jefferson, as we saw, 143 receiving yards. The Chargers had nothing for him. And the Vikings, here's a key thing here. Every time I looked up, the Vikings had the ball. And I said, man, they must be dominating time of possession. Look it up. Yep. They dominated there 36 minutes to the Chargers 23. That's just not gonna cut it. On the defensive side of things. Uchenna Nuosu, maybe you remember him, linebacker from USC. Some would say fight on, not me. And Joey Bosa, they both combined for 15 pressures, two quarterback hits, and a sack. But again, where is the interior line presence on this team? Can it, like, will the real Chargers <laughs> interior line stand up here? Because the Chargers, they tried to keep, you know, enough numbers in the box to kind of stop the run I, it, like there are adjustments being made they're they're trying but nevertheless Dalvin Cook 94 rushing yards more than half of his yards is coming from yards uh, after contact so it didn't seem to stop him much what are they gonna do they've now lost three of their last four games and don't get excited that win as we know was a narrow one over the Eagles by a field goal so nothing to write home about there. They have to figure out this run defense. And I know they're trying, and I, I like Staley as a coach, so I'm hoping that he can get that together. But my goodness, Chargers, it's, it's rough. Next up, it's the Steelers at the Chargers. Chargers, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Total sitting at 48 right now. Again, that game on Saturday, November 21st. I cannot believe, by the way, that we are this far into November. Can you guys believe? And I also feel like it's a weird time for Thanksgiving this year. It's the last week of November, which I know happens periodically because of the way that Thanksgiving is set up. And also, why are we still celebrating this holiday? I don't know if you guys can tell. This is not one of my favorite holidays. Uh, I know that there's football and things to be excited about, parades, etc. Large quantities of bland food. Sorry, it is. Turkey? What? Stuffing? Don't get me started on stuffing. You know why it's called stuffing? Let's end it there. So... 
I just, I'm not excited for it. And I think it's a weird time this year because I guess I'm used to it being like the third week of November and it just seems so late. Uh, nevertheless, uh, I'm pretty much not going to be celebrating anyway. So I don't know why I'm complaining. I'm mostly going to be working, keeping you guys informed. That's the goal here. Uh, I am going to be going to my brother's wedding this weekend, this coming weekend. So Steelers at Chargers, uh, I don't know why I said Saturday. That's not Saturday. That's obviously a Sunday game. But Steelers Chargers this weekend on Sunday, but brother's wedding for me on Saturday. You guys may remember, I actually had him on the pod a couple weeks ago for his birthday. And he's very much a sports better and loves to talk about it. So I'm sure that even on his wedding day, we're going to be debating the UCLA-USC line or things of that nature. So that's something that's coming up for me this weekend. And that's also why I will not be really celebrating Thanksgiving so much. My family's kind of doing the wedding thing. We're not really doing the, the Thanksgiving thing this year. So let's get back to the game here. That was a huge sidetrack. <laughs> the Steelers. Let's talk about them. They tied the Lions 16 to 16. What is it with the Steelers and tying games? Am I like, I'm not, am I confused here? What What is going on after a completely scoreless overtime, obviously. So yeah, that's, that's who the Chargers have next. Maybe it makes sense that they're a three and a half point favorite. And yes, the Steelers were shorthanded. No Big Ben for them. He was added to the COVID-19 list after he tested positive on Saturday, which is a huge bummer, by the way, if you were playing in the Circa Millions Survivor Contest. If you guys haven't heard of that, go ahead and look that one up. But basically just have to pick a team, you know, each week. And this, for a lot of people, the Steelers was the team a lot of people and it knocked a bunch of people out. So they just needed the Steelers to kind of win here. And instead they find out on Saturday after the deadline of when you have to submit your pick that big Ben is not playing. And again, like past is prime, but still their best option by far at quarterback. So really, really tragic. I actually think stormy, who is a big friend of the pod, as you guys know, we've had stormy Bonatoni on often. She's the host of my guys in the desert on VSIN. She's an ESPN sideline reporter. Uh, and she does a great job with those shows. Um, and so I think she had them as well. I think I saw that on Twitter. So I'll have to shoot her a text and see if she's, if she survived or not. I don't think she did. I think a lot of people didn't survive in Survivor this week. And it was all because of Big Ben, as I said, added to the COVID list on Saturday, which means it looks pretty much impossible for him to clear the 10-day requirement. So he is vaccinated, right? Vaccinated players for the NFL can return to the game at action after 10 days or by producing two straight negative test results. So obviously a 10 day requirement from Saturday is not going to get him in the game for week 11 against the chargers, but he could do two negative tests. But if he just tested positive, the chances of him getting two consecutive negative tests in 10 days, I mean, it seems tough. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him versus the chargers either. And that is going to be something maybe that affects this line. Obviously quarterbacks affect lines more so than other positions. I don't know what Big Ben is worth to this line. Everybody might have a, a slightly different answer for you on that. But Chargers minus three and a half is where we sit right now. It's uh, it's not great. I don't. I, I, I mean, I didn't like this line this weekend either because we had three and a half all over the board. Rams again are three and a half in Monday Night Football. And Chargers were three and a half before their game uh, versus the Vikings. And... You know, the guests I had on last week too, Pamela Maldonado, Adam Burke, they both shared the same sentiment. We didn't like any of the LA action going on in terms of football this past weekend. 
And yet here we are. I did go live line, by the way. I don't think I mentioned that. I did go live uh, money line on the chargers. I got them at like plus 110, nothing crazy. I tried to get plus 180 earlier in the game, but then I saw some pretty ugly stuff and was like, I don't even know if they can win this game. And then about the third quarter, I took them plus 110. And about the fourth quarter, I started immediately regretting ever considering it. And so that was a loss for me this weekend as far as LA football was concerned. But no Big Ben next week. We'll talk more about this, obviously, later on uh, Wednesday's show. But interesting line yet again. I think the books are, are confused what to do with this as well. Let's talk about UCLA, Colorado as well. Colorado came out to the Rose Bowls also at this game, guys. So I don't know if you know this, but Friday's Villanova basketball game that I was the MC, the host of, started at 8.30. And it went into overtime. So it was over close to 11 p.m. Luckily, the Colorado game for football the next day. I don't normally MC or do game day hosting for football games. That was my first one, which was very fun. And... That game was at 6 p.m., so that was actually really nice because I had some time, you know. But we still had to be there <laughs> so early because I don't know if you guys know this, this whole thing called sound check. And if you've ever been to the Rose Bowl, by the way, you know how bad the sound delay is. So they wanted to make sure that I got in there and heard that and everything before I, you know, tried to speak publicly, which is a good rule of thumb. So this game was at 6, and... It was really funny to see on Twitter everyone's reaction kind of as far as UCLA fans were concerned because they got to watch this like really majestic top five matchup, great basketball game the night before, like really high caliber basketball being played, great coaching, uh, kids who care. And then they had to watch this Colorado UCLA game and it was kind of a dumpster fire. I mean, I'll... Put a little asterisk there. UCLA covered, and the total went over, just like Pamela Maldonado said last week, by the way. Great guess. Everything she said, I think, just about has hit so far. UCLA was down 20 to 10 at the half. It was ugly. I, I was sitting there like, what are we doing? And every time I looked up, it was a penalty on UCLA. I don't know what that was about. Uh, but then they did come back. They scored 37 unanswered points. They won 44 to 20. Sixth win of the year for UCLA and the most under head coach Chip Kelly, by the way, in his four years at UCLA. So the Bruins are now bowl eligible for the first time since 2017. And we're supposed to be excited about that. And we're not. I'm not. I can't imagine. Here's the thing that I think is out of context here. Reminder, this was a 17-point spread. UCLA, yeah, you covered, but you were supposed to, like, you were supposed to kill them, this team. Colorado what, three three wins this season and can't figure out how to get in the end zone to save their lives? And so, yeah, of course. Like, this was supposed to be a no-brainer game, and I guess you could say it's a trap game because USC next week. But again, what does USC have going on for them? More on that in a second. But nevertheless, some positives to take away for UCLA. You guys know I like to give you some silver linings. Uh, the offense had a season-high 502 yards, including 245 rushing. DTR was back. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, quarterback, had a little thumb injury, missed the Utah game, but back in action, had over 350 total yards. Man, that guy likes to run. Scares me every time. Scares me every time. Uh, his mom is so uh, sweet and lovely on Twitter, by the way, and I just don't know how she watches him run like that because it gives me an aneurysm, an anxiety attack every time. 
257 passing for him. One interception, no passing touchdowns, but he did run one in. You can always count him for one of those. If that was a prop, I would bet that every time. Britton Brown also rushed one in for UCLA. And, you know, the tandem was in action. Zach Charbonnet scored three rushing touchdowns for the second time this season. Great, great job by Zach Charbonnet doing exactly what he needs to do. We know the bad. We know the bad side. I've already kind of touched on this. For Colorado side of things, the Buffaloes are now guaranteed a losing season. Uh, for the ninth time, by the way, since joining the Pac-12 in 2011. Tough stuff. And I'm, I feel bad because this team is generally well coached and usually has pretty tough, tough mentality, I would say. But it just doesn't ever seem to quite translate for them. And to be fair, they're competing against other Pac-12 schools in terms of recruiting and obviously in terms of the actual football. And that could be tough because as we know, the Pac-12 is cannibalistic and just we don't even know who's a good team because a good team will lose to a bad team every other game. As for UCLA, as I mentioned, nine penalties for 67 yards. And I put this in the negative columns as well. Only 36,000 fans. And I don't even believe that because I was at that Rose Bowl. And obviously it looks emptier than it is because it seats like over 80,000 people. But it was empty. It was real empty. I mean, I would send people, you know, pictures or, or you know, videos from the game. And they were like, where are the fans? Uh, and that's... That's, you know, indicative of this was a, a terrible matchup, obviously. Who wants to go watch this? Especially after that basketball game. If I had to pick a ticket, I'm going to the basketball game for sure. That also apparently was a snafu. They had a lot of trouble getting everybody into the building in time. And that was true. About five minutes before tip-off for the basketball game, I was looking up and I was like, I thought this game was sold out. And I would say it looked like... I'm bad at these kind of things, guys, but I'm going to say 50 to 60% of the people in their seats. The students were all in there, which was great. Or not all of them, but like they had filled out the student section as far as the bottom bowl of the area was. But as far as other fans, it felt like 60% were in about five minutes before tip-off. So struggled there as well, getting everybody in the building. But that was not the case for football. Only 36,000 fans. That's a negative. That should tell you something about your program, even if it's supposed to be a beatdown. And also, by the way, as I mentioned, 20 to 10 at the half, UCLA was down. So yes, a comeback, but it should have been like that from the get-go. And we just still saw all of the troubling things that we've seen from this UCLA team so far. And it always seems to come back to the defense and the way it's being run and the guy who's in charge of whose defensive coordinator is. Next up, UCLA travels to Crosstown Rival USC again on Saturday, my brother's wedding, but you know I will find Wi-Fi. I will figure it out. UCLA minus three and a half here, total sitting at 66 and a half. USC, mind you, again, their game against Cal was postponed over the weekend, so they did have an extra week here to rest up, to prepare. I don't know what that does for them. I guess they need more time to prepare. Last time we saw them play, it was two quarterbacks playing, switching back and forth. They don't have Drake London. He's out with a season-ending injury. They got nothing going for them right now except for pride, right? Crosstown game, pride on the line. I see why UCLA is favored by three and a half, and I like UCLA, UCLA minus three and a half here, actually. I like it better than, you know, that 17 line we had to work with last week. So UCLA minus three and a half. That looks good to me. And also 66 and a half. I don't want to touch this total because I think it's going to be wonky given that it's a crosstown game. But if I had to pick, I like an under. 
I do. How's USC going to score? Tell me. How are they, like, how? How are they going to score? UCLA minus three and a half. I like that better. But we'll see how it progresses. We'll talk about it more on Wednesday's pod, of course. Coming up, let's talk about the primetime game, Monday Night Football, Rams at 49ers, coming up on the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to Bet Rivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the Bet Rivers mobile app or go to betrivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Playable only in states where Bet Rivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House. The VSIN midseason football special is here. Put the VSIN betting experts to work for you from now through February for only $99. Daily best bet emails, 24 7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in depth data and analysis on vsin.com. Sign up today at vsin.com slash subscribe and get everything we have to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Let's talk Monday Night Football. It's an NFC West clash. Rams at 49ers. Rams minus three and a half here. Total sitting at 50. Just a little bit of movement here. They're getting money from both sides, but it looks like majority of the money on the Rams here. Four and a half on Friday was the number, but again, down to three and a half and total seeing a little bit of movement upwards from 49 and a half on Friday. Now at 50, that's a 5, 15 PM Pacific time on ESPN. As I said, heavily bet game from the get go. I mentioned Chris Andrews earlier, sportsbook director at the South point. He talked about this game on vcin.com. He said that the Rams open minus four. There's been a lot of action both ways for them in Vegas. And obviously LA, a team that gets bet on quite a bit. Let's talk about this matchup here. Three and five are the 49ers, and they just coming off an embarrassing loss to the Cardinals. I would say more so embarrassing. The Rams are coming off a loss, but I don't think it's embarrassing to lose to the Titans. The 49ers lost to the Cardinals 31 to 17, and that was the Colt McCoy-led Cardinals. No DeAndre Hopkins, Watt, injured reserve. No AJ Green. So what? <laughs> What did they have going for them that was so difficult for the Niners? But I, you know, I grew up in the Bay Area, so I feel for the Niners. It's not a team I like to bet against. But here we are. The 49ers are 1-5 straight up and ATS in their last six games. That's where they're at. They're struggling with injuries, much like they did last season. And the Rams... Again, a loss to the Titans. Stafford, though, looked really wonky in that game. He had a tough time. He was sacked five times that game, plus 11 quarterback hits, which is tough. You don't see that happen to him very often. I think he was the least sacked, as Matt Brown pointed out last week. Again, guest on our show last week. That was a great pod, by the way. I think it was Wednesdays last week. If you missed it, highly recommend that interview, even if you don't want to listen to the game stuff. We talked about sports betting business a little bit, too, so that was really cool. And he's also just really entertaining. So you should go check that pot out. But Matt mentioned this, that Stafford was one of the lowest sacked quarterbacks leading into this game and then come out and sack him twice right off the bat. So it really threw his handicap off. But the Rams have made some additions as well. We know they added Von Miller and now 
OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., got added to the roster. And yes, for inquiring minds, he is still on my fantasy roster. And no, I don't know why. But <laughs> I guess that tells you the state of where I'm at with my team. Here's what I'll say about the 49ers. I do think that this 3-5 and five record is a little deceptive. I think that they're better than that. And we know that the NFC West is one of the toughest divisions, if not the toughest division. It's hard to say this year with the way that everything's kind of going up in flames. But without these injuries, we're talking about a different 49ers team. But unfortunately, we have these injuries to deal with. So they're beat up. The defense has obviously struggled because of it most so. Uh, they rank 30th in the league in third down conversion percentage. They're tied for 27th in giveaways per game. Plus, their pass defense ranks 25th in the NFL and DVOA. So, definitely a mismatch against the Rams offense. Obviously, averaging over 296 passing yards per game this season. Plus, they have the league's leading receiver, Cooper Cup. Maybe you've heard of him. And they, of course, added OBJ. And to answer any OBJ questions you guys might have, I think that this addition is going to work or really this team is going to work better for Odell because as we know, I mean, obviously he was kind of wide receiver one for the Browns. They didn't have a lot of options. And also he's not in his prime anymore. He's lost a step perhaps, but is he still good for like an explosive play here or there? Perhaps. I think he just might be. And especially if they have other options to kind of draw people to. Bad news, though, about Robert Woods. Poor guy tore his ACL this past Friday, sidelining him for the rest of the season, which is so spooky, you guys. It's so spooky. Only a day after Los Angeles signed Odell Beckham Jr. That is like some satanic Travis Scott, I don't know what, but I want no part of it. And I really hope Robert Woods gets well soon because that's such a shame. But it does, again, maybe open things up a little bit for OBJ. And it is good that he's not the only option that they have there. So will I will I play him? Probably not. Probably not, guys. Not, not in Monday night's game. I did not put him in. Defense side of things, the Rams. We know this is good. We know this works. The Rams are fourth in the league in defensive DVOA. That's on Football Outsiders. They ranked second in sacks per game and sixth in yards allowed per pass attempt with 6.4. On the 49ers side of things, as I said, the 49ers defense has struggled, dealt with injuries. D4, Dre Greenlaw, Javon Kinlaw, all on long-term IR. Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward, listed as questionable right now. I just, I, I'm, I'm hesitant, I'm hesitant, because when I look at this, I do lean towards the Rams here, but... I hate betting against this 49ers team because I do I do think that they're better than we're being we're being I was gonna say led to believe, but based on this line, yeah, being led to believe. Their pressure rate on the season is the fifth lowest in the NFL. Keep that in mind. And I did love this, by the way. I saw this on vcin.com. Make sure you check out vcin.com. You can subscribe. There's lots of great options, guys, to to have access to vcin.com. So make sure you check it out. Little self-plug there <laughs> for the company. But this was really cool on vcin.com. I was reading this article about Monday Night Football, and Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus was on there. He gave out a great prop that I liked a lot, so I'm going to pass that along to you guys. Matt Stafford, over two and a half rushing yards at minus 105. So that's a great one. Uh, I weirdly like an under here as well myself. 
just for the total for the game. But I think I'm going to take our guest from last week's advice, Pamela Maldonado, and try to get a better number on the Rams live. Or I may end up taking the Rams minus three and a half. It's tough to say. I mean, keep up with me on Twitter. You know that I, that's where I normally will tweet out what I'm rooting for here. So I am leaning Rams here. Everything's leading me to believe that, which is interesting because I do believe most of the VEASAN staff that I'm aware of are on the 49ers with a few exceptions. But for the most part, I would say most are on the 49ers side of things. I think the Rams can get it done. Again, Pam said that last week as well, and I agree with her. But she also, I think, said that, well, what if the Rams win and it's just by three? And that would so happen. So you guys know it. Bet at your own risk. Bet responsibly. But I may weirdly take an under. I know primetime overs have been where it's at, but I don't care. I like to be where it's not at, you know? Take the Matt Stafford uh, rushing prop, if anything. (laughs) Coming up, the Lakers are back in action on Monday night. After a win on Sunday, let's talk about it next on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to Bet Rivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the Bet Rivers mobile app or go to betrivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Playable only in states where Bet Rivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House. Welcome back in to the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. I'm your host, Danielle Avari, and very excited to talk some basketball, specifically the MMBA. I, of course, mean the NBA, but I like to throw the M in front since we throw the W in front of the WNBA. Here we go. Lakers beat the Spurs on Sunday, bouncing back after an embarrassing, not my word, Anthony Davis's word, well, okay, also mine, embarrassing loss to the Timberwolves on Friday. Still no LeBron here. He's dealing with a rectus abdominis injury, and that's probably going to be ongoing. I think the last time I checked, they were thinking it was going to be four weeks, and that was from when he first went out. So don't expect to see him anytime soon. Let's talk about Friday's game real quick. Friday's game... What happened in the third quarter? They were outscored 40 to 12. Embarrassing. They bounced back. Sunday, they were still three and a half point favorites and they covered final score 114 to 106. Again, beating the Spurs. Big game for Anthony Davis. So I guess embarrassment works for him. He had 34 points and 15 rebounds. 19 of those points came in the first quarter alone. He was eight of 10 for shooting. So he came out ready to go. That's great to see that that's how he's going to come out after a loss like that. And Russell Westbrook, checking in on the Westbrook stats, finished with 14 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists. So 8-6 and six Lakers now. They're 1.5-point favorites on Monday night, hosting the 9-4 and four Chicago Bulls. When was the last time the Bulls were good? Is it Michael Jordan years? Because this is exciting, guys. Total for this, 219. The Bulls also played Sunday. So something we like to look at, obviously, with NBA handicapping. And again, I'm learning this with... You guys too, like we're all learning. You should always be learning when you're sports betting. You should always be trying to evolve and you should be tracking your bets, by the way. I always put mine in a spreadsheet if you're able uh, so that you can see where you're being successful and where you're having trouble. For me last season, it actually was the NBA, but so far so good this season. So I think we've turned a corner, guys, but that's also scary because, you know, regression to the mean is a real thing. 
Nevertheless, when we look at NBA games, we always want to make sure who's had more rest. How many days rest has each team had? How many times have they been playing away? How many times have they been on planes? These are all things that factor in. And they really, we really start to see, you should really check out the NBA betting guide on vcin.com. Again, another vcin plug, because it really is full of a lot of great information. JVT, our senior NBA analyst, does a great job with that. And obviously our other analysts contribute to that as well. But that's something that they point out. And it really has an effect on how these games kind of go as far as the spread is concerned. Now, keep in mind what Pam said last week, which is the book knows what you know and probably more than you know. So all things considered. The Bulls also played Sunday. They beat the Clippers by 10. This will be their third road game in a row. They also played Friday. They've been playing shorthanded. Nikola out under COVID protocol, but it was so, you know, going to struggle in the paint a little bit, perhaps. They have been, so expect that to continue. But it was announced that Kobe White will make his season debut versus LA, so uh, pretty exciting stuff. Nevertheless, I like an under here. It's not something I'm playing yet, but it's a like. Both teams' defenses are not so good. They're not great, so I can see why you'd like an over here. But they're both coming off back-to-backs. And it's not like they've been far exceeding this total on either side of, like, the Bulls or the Lakers. It's not like they've been blowing this out of the water. And again, the Lakers don't have LeBron. Anthony Davis is going to have a lot easier time, obviously, with with Vucevic out. But, yeah, I still like an under here, mostly because of lack of rest, this back-to-back. And the Spurs, by the way, coming off their loss, they're at the Clippers on Tuesday night. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. Remember, new shows three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Things to look forward to this week. Wednesday, of course, we're going to talk UCLA-USC rivalry game, get lots of action in on that. And I'm also going to have a special guest on, Adam Finkelstein from ESPN. He's an ESPN recruiting analyst for basketball. So we're going to talk about UCLA basketball as well on Wednesday's pod. And of course, the NFL games, of course. And Friday this week, Friday's pod's going to be a special pod, obviously leading up to the big nuptials for my brother. We're going to do kind of a sports betting strategies talk with none other than Gil Alexander. You can find him on Visa and he does about a million different shows. The one I was on with him was Primetime Action. So he also has a podcast called Beating the Book. He does a lot of things. And so when I asked him to come on, I said I knew he was busy, but I hoped he could make some time. And of course he did, the gentleman that he is. So... Gil's going to be on on Friday's show. We're going to talk betting strategies, thing or not a thing. It's going to be really exciting. So please subscribe to the pod, leave a rating, and please feel free to tweet me at Danielle Alvari. I'll be back for more fun and games on Wednesday, as I said. So come on back for the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know... What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. CNN.